verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of... Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men. He split the wood and the um, burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told them. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. And they came to the place of which God told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. And have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. As the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men. And they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Okay. Abraham is a very interesting character in the Bible because um, of how prominent he is. He's, he's introduced in the Bible in Genesis 12. And the moment that he's introduced, he's introduced as a man who walked by faith. But going deeper than this, when you look at Abraham's life, you understand that God had a plan for his life. This wasn't a plan that Abraham made, rather a plan that God had made. A verse that I like thinking about um, when I consider that God has a plan for our lives is Ephesians 2.10. And I don't have any notes today, so I'm just going to find it as I, as I go through. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
and remember this part right here, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Abraham was a man of faith, and he walked in faith in line with this calling that God had on his life. Now there's, there's three things that I like to think about when I think about Abraham. First of all, obviously he was a man of faith. His faith in God was based upon the fact that he knew God. He knew who he was. He knew his character. God wasn't foreign to him. God, Abraham knew God. And because Abraham truly knew God, he was able to follow him as he led. You know, uh, Dustin is talking about, or is teaching, you know, Genesis, and Enoch walked with God. Enoch knew God. Enoch knew God on a deep level. In the same way, Abraham knew God. And because of that, he was able to walk in faith. Secondly, um, Abraham was a man of faith, but he was also a man of patience. God promised Abraham in Genesis 12 that he would make him a father of many nations. He said, I have this great plan for your life, great things I have in store for you. I'm going to make you a father of many nations, and you're going to go and you're going to um, possess a land. Obviously, in order for him to be a father of many nations, he would have to have a child. But Abraham, being 75 years old, had no child. Um, but God promised him a child. I believe it was in Genesis 18 or 19. He told him even the name of the child that he would give him, and his name was Isaac. He received this promise when he was 75 years old, and Isaac wasn't born until Abraham was 100. So Abraham waited 25 years. And now this is where I'm going to start weaving kind of explaining what's been going on. When I was about year, um, 17, so I believe that's like senior year, 17, 17 to 18, um, Dustin asked me to teach for the first time in here. I had taught a guy discipleship, little devotional. Um, it was a small, like 25-minute devotional, but um, Dustin asked me to teach a dwelling, and so I did. Uh, you know, teaching is never something that I had done, really. Um, and the idea of teaching and pastoral work, I remember like as a little kid, I would look out the window on rainy days and I'd be like, man, I really hate the idea of being a pastor. I never want to be a pastor. This is, that's like the worst job in the world. I'm never going to be a pastor. And, and I, I don't know, I, I distinctly remember that. Um, I thought it was the worst job or worst thing in the world. And I do the, I do the dwelling teaching and I started getting this weird feeling and, and I was like, oh no, what's that? It's kind of scary because that feeling was gone and there was a feeling inside that wasn't from me because I was like, man, I want to dedicate my life to doing this. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I pushed it down. I kept pushing it down. It kept coming up. And I was like, I, I don't know what this is until I realized that it was God. And I understood what it was that he was calling me to. Um, 17 years old, then I started interning with Dustin and I started getting an inside look at ministry. And from there, I was like, what do I do next? And my mom was like, just go to Bible college or something. So I was like, okay, that, I guess that's the next thing that somebody who wants to do this would do. So I put my application in. I think like a day or two later, I got in. I was like, oh, that was fast. Um, we'll see how this goes. And ever since then, I've been in Bible college. It's been two years. And I started feeling a little impatient. I was like, okay, God. This is what you told me. You said that you had this special plan for my life. Um, 
you know, where is it? It's been two years. I'm just sitting in a classroom like twice a day, you know, doing a bunch of homework. When is that coming? And I had to wait and I had to get prepared because God was preparing me for that plan they had for my life. And I think something, especially like when I was your guys' age, that I didn't fully take seriously. And the thing that I want to talk about is people always talk about, you know, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to make 300000 or whatever. No, God actually has a plan for your life. Like, actually consider that, you know, like, this isn't something we just say. One of my professors that I got really close to these past um, two semesters, his name is Danny Bond, and we've been having a lot of conversations about this, and he told me something really cool. He pulled me aside, and I was, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I've been struggling with this. I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And he said, Ethan, in heaven, on God's desk, he has a blueprint, and on that blueprint is his plan for your life, his perfect plan for your life. And it took him an eternity of thought to create it. And it's perfect. And it's the plan that he specifically tailored for you. And I think, you know, especially when I was in high school, I was like, you know, yeah, God has a plan for my life. But this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. You know, I'm going to get into the medical field. I'm going to make big bucks. I'm going to buy a house and all that. But I never truly considered God has a plan for my life. And now that I'm, you know, finding that out, it's completely different than I thought. But that's something that I want you guys to actually consider. Like, have you ever thought about that? God actually has a plan for your life. Before the creation of the world, before the existence of time, every single person in this room, God created a specific plan for your life, a perfect plan for your life, a plan, as Ephesians 2.10 2, said, works prepared beforehand for you to walk in. This is God's perfect plan for your life. Knowing that, that a perfect God who knows everything, who's all-powerful, who's all-existent, who is eternal, knowing that He, the creator of the universe, create a plan for your life, wouldn't you guys want to walk in it? Like, but in order to walk in it, you have to know God. You can't follow somebody you don't know. You know, I would never walk, as a kid, you know, I remember um, this one time, I was, um, I was at my dad's fire station, and I, I um, was following the lady that looked like my mom, and I, and I was like, oh, you're not my mom. That happened four more times before I found my mom. And I, you know, I was like, oh, I can't follow you. You're not my mom. You may be dressed like my mom, but you're not my mom. But when I found my mom, I was like, that's my mom. I can follow you. And in order to walk in God's perfect plan for your life, in order to follow that path, you have to know God. You have to know what he sounds like. You have to know how he speaks to you. You have to know his character. Like, have you ever thought about how would God react to this situation? This was a conversation of mine and I were having last night. Do we truly know who God is? I believe in Proverbs it says that the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Do we know who God is? Do we know how He sees us? Do we know how He perceives situations? Do we know how He handles situations? And if we don't know those things, then we cannot walk in what God has for us. And finally, we see that Abraham was a man of obedience. When God told Abraham to go, it says that he got up immediately. He left everything that he knew and he went. In order to walk in God's plan for our life, we must be obedient because he's directing us in steps that are 
in line with his perfect will, if we want to walk in that perfect will, we have to be obedient to those steps that he's telling us to take. And I, like really, I really like the end of verse 1 to verse 2. It says that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Take now your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Abraham's response was, here I am. In order to follow God's plan for our life, this perfect plan, if that's the plan that you want to follow, you have to have a here I am type of mentality. You have to live a here I am life. And what I mean by a here I am life is you have to be fully submitted to the plans of God, fully submitted to what it is that he's telling you to do so that when he says, go here, go there, this is what I have for you, you can say, here I am, Lord. And Abraham wasn't the only one in the Bible that responded this way. Another person was um, Samuel. Do you remember when Samuel was a little, a little kid and God is calling out to him and he's in bed and he doesn't know, you know what this voice calling out to him is. He thinks it's Eli and the voice goes to Samuel and he didn't realize it was God and he talks to Eli and he's like, hey, you know, you've been calling me. He says, no, that's God. Next time, you know, that voice calls out to you, you know, answer. And so God calls out to Samuel again. And he responds by saying, here I am. He's fully receptive, fully submitted, fully responsive to God. Another person that responded that way was Isaiah. When Isaiah is in the presence of the Lord and he's in the temple of the Lord, it starts shaking the smoke and the seraphim are all around him. And God says, who will go out for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. Fully submitted, fully opened up, to, opened up to what it is that God has for them. We must have this mentality. You know, the Bible, Jesus told the, um, the people around him, he said, if you um, hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. You know, we're going to, you can't follow God and hold on to your life, hold on to your desires, hold on to the things that it is you want. We have to have a here I am mentality, fully submitted to God. Verse 2, then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, of whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. This is why I chose this passage. I was, I, this is going to sound crazy. When I realized what God was calling me to do, I finished a two-year waiting period, and I'm like, okay, God, what is it? He shows me, this is what I have for you. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm ready to go wherever it is that you want me to go, God. You know, I'm so stoked. No. As, then I realized I have to leave, you know, epic. To me, it, it, it literally felt like a loved one dying, you know. That's how much it hurt. Um, I can't imagine how hard it was for Abraham to hear Offer up your only son, Isaac. I don't, that's, that's an awful thing to hear. I doubt he was excited. He's like, oh man, I've been waiting for this. No, he was, <laughs> you know, he's, that's his son. That, that's, how, that's how this feels. Cause I, I, I love you guys. I don't want to go. You know, I look at you like, David, we would film TikToks at my house, you know. Nick, Jesse, we've been to con we went to a concert. That was awesome. You know, I look around Brandon, you know, talking about video games. Nate, I love Nate. He's awesome. 
it's like and my and my leaders, you know, even Jeff and Jared. I I knew them when I was 15, you know. And I look at Dustin. It's I I, I love Dustin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, but following God's plan for your life isn't always easy. You know, God didn't say, oh man, it's going to be all, you know, I'm going to make this a fun little thing. You know, you're going to have fun. You're going to take the easy route. No, he said, Abraham, the next step that I'm calling you to take is sacrifice your son. And he was obedient. And this is the next step I have to take. And I don't want to. But we have to learn to do things because Jesus is telling us to do them. Verse 3 says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. This is crazy to me. God told him the day before, you're going to go sacrifice his son, your son. If I was Abraham, I'd be like, man, I'm going to just sleep in until like 12 o'clock or maybe just stay in my tent until this blows over. Maybe I can just shoot under the rug. But partial obedience is not full obedience. In order to walk in what God has for our lives, we have to be fully obedient. And God is merciful, yes, but we have to be fully obedient. We fall, we get back up. God, what is it that you want me to do? What next? You fall, you get back up. God, let's go. What do you want me to do? I remember, I don't remember, it was two weeks ago. um, Dustin told me, you know, we'll talk details more. And Amaya was like, hey, you have to talk to Dustin about, you know, what day you're leaving. And I was like, no, you know, it's okay. We don't have to talk about it. Dustin's busy. I was like, no, it's okay. You know, I don't feel like it today. It's easy to, you know, I, if I was Abraham, I'd be like, yeah, no, it's okay. But Abraham was up early in the morning. Early in the morning. He didn't wait. He didn't let any time go by. He was... Fully abandoned, abandoned, fully submitted, living a full here I am kind of life. Verse 4, then on the third day, or let me talk about a little more about verse 3 for a second. Not only this, but he didn't know where he was going. That's crazy. He said, it says that um, he arose and went to a place of which God had told him. Hebrews talks about, I believe Hebrews, Hebrews 11 talks about how... When Abraham obeyed this command to um, go out, you know, in the past from Genesis 12, he didn't know where he was going. And once again, we see this. All he knows is that God is telling him, go, go sacrifice your son. He doesn't even know the, exactly where it will be. But he fully trusts God and he goes. But where does that trust come from? How can I fully trust God when I don't know what's going to happen? For those of you who know me, I'm a control freak. I like to have 100% control over everything that I go through. But that's not how it is, you know. In life, if we want to follow God's perfect plan for our life, we can't be holding on to the steering wheel. You know, we have to let God take over. We have to let God be the navigator, the trailblazer of what it is that he's prepared for us beforehand. 
you know, we may not understand what it is God is telling us to do. One of my favorite verses is um, John 13, 7. This is Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, and he tells them, they're like, you know, what, what's going on here? And he tells them, you may not understand now what I am doing, but you will soon know. You may not understand what I'm doing now, but you will soon know. And sometimes that's how it is, you know, when we're obeying God and following his plan for our life. People like to say that um, uh, faith is like blindly stepping into the dark, but I, I don't think so. When it comes to faith, faith is, there's, there's ground to faith. There's a foundation to walking in faith. And that foundation is God, who he is. You know, God is, this is when it comes down to, do we truly know who God is? If we don't truly know that God is faithful, if we don't truly know that God is sure, if we don't know that God is perfect, if we don't understand that God's plan for our life is perfect, then we're not going to be able to walk and follow him fully. You know, we have to know who it is that we're following. And that's when it comes into, you know, how, how do we know God? Well, we seek him in his word. I remember when I was um, 16, I, I wasn't reading my Bible, and I was like, man, all these people around me, they worship, they hold their hands up, they get so excited at church, but I, I don't understand this. They have such a deep understanding of who God is, but I don't. And um, I was sitting in that chair where Amaya is right now, and I said, Lord, set my heart on fire, whatever that means. And so I started reading the Bible. And as I read the Bible, I began to learn who Jesus was. Jesus wasn't just some ideology. He was an act, he's an actual person. He died for you, you know. This is who God is. He is faithful. You read through the Gospels and you're like, man, this is how Jesus responds to this situation. This is how he responds to this situation. And the more you get to know who God is, then when he leads you, you can say, yes, you know, I know who it is that you are. You're faithful. You're good. I like reading Tozer sometimes. Tozer said, the, what you think about God is the most important part about you. And that didn't make sense. But it's true. What do you think about God? Is he some far off, you know, distant man who sits in a cloud and he sits on a golden chair and he has a long beard and he's throwing his hand like this? Or do you truly know who God is? Do you read the Bible? Do you open up the word and pray um, the Psalms? Lord, open up my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Wondrous, uh, Isaiah says that wonderful is a name for Jesus. Do you approach the Bible and say, Lord, open up my eyes that I may say, see you, Jesus Christ, from your law? Or are we just leaving that book on the shelf? Are we truly growing in our walks? Do we know who he is? How's our prayer life? Are, you know, you hear from God through the Bible. Are, how are we talking to him? You know, prayer is that power outlet of our Christian walk. If we're not praying, we're going to dry and fizzle up. Do we truly know God? Because if we don't, we will never be able to walk in this perfect plan that he has for our lives. Verse 4, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes, and saw the place afar off. God led him. And it says that when he looked, he saw the place. As 
Abraham was following God because it says that he would show him as he went what place this would be. As he was going, God showed him. One of my favorite, favorite verses in the Bible talks is, um, is the, I don't, I don't have any notes today, but it's the verse in, Gen, is it Genesis? Yes. Genesis, um, when Abraham's son Isaac, uh, Abraham sends out his servant to go find Isaac's wife. So Abraham says, go, you know, find Isaac, his wife, bring her back and, you know, he will have a wife, you know, go as the Lord leads you. So he, he's like, okay. So he goes out and he's, he's there standing at this well and God shows him who it is that he's chosen out for Isaac. And he says something super beautiful. He says, as I was in the way, the Lord led me. As I was in the way, the Lord led me. As I was doing what it was that God has called me to do, he gave me the next step. He showed me what it is. I, I, um, I, I like this verse so much that I looked up like the original text for in the way. And it actually means course of life. The course of life that God has called us to walk in is Ephesians 4.1. Walk worthy of the calling with which I've called you. Ephesians 5.1 says that that calling is to imitate Christ. The course of life that we are supposed to walk in is one of holiness, one that is worthy of what Jesus has done for us. We're children of God. We are in Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The course of life that we live is supposed to be one of holiness. So how does this look? How do we get the next step of leading from God? As we are in the way. As we are living the course of life that God has called us to live. As we are walking as God has called us to walk, He will direct us. Matthew 6, 33, um, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. When we seek God first, he will align everything, including our hearts, with his will. When we seek God and seek him first, he will align our life, our course of life, and he will lay us on that track. And we see this with Abraham. Abraham didn't receive the full blueprint from God. God has this plan for our lives, but he doesn't give you the whole blueprint and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, uh, when you're between the ages of one to five, you're going to learn how to, like, be a human. And then from that age all the way until 18, you're going to be in high school. And then after that, you're going to go to this college. After that, you're going to meet this dude or girl and then you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, and then you're going to get a house, and then you're going to die. It's not, he doesn't tell us the whole thing. When God led Joshua into the promised land, he didn't give him the whole blueprint. He gave him a step at a time. He said, okay, cross the Jordan. Okay, go to Jericho. Okay, march around it seven times, and I'm going to do this. That's how it is when it comes to following God following the plan that he has for our lives. And it can be scary at times because it's like, okay, God, you know, I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what it's going to turn out to be. I don't know if I'll be all right. 
there was times where I'd go up to Matt and I'd be like, dude, like, what's going to happen? Like, I, I don't know. Like, oh, am I going to survive? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? But if this is God's perfect plan for your life, and we know who God is, we know that he's faithful, we know that he's perfect, and we know that he created this plan before the beginning of time, prepared it for us to walk in, then we can trust him. And that's where Abraham had and received that confidence. He knew God. He was walking in the way that God called him to walk in. When we're walking as God has called us to, there's confidence in that, you know? It's when we're walking outside of God's will that things get a little shaky and you're like, oh, you know, I don't know if that was the right step. This might take me, you know, on that little dirt trail and I don't want to go there. But when you're following God, Caleb is one of my favorite um, Bible characters. It says that he followed the Lord wholly, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. Like his whole being was dedicated to following the Lord. He followed him wholeheartedly. It's when we follow the Lord wholeheartedly and remain on that course of life that God will direct us to what it is that he has. And that's what he did with Abraham. And that was one thing that I had to, you know, consider, God, I want to seek you. I don't want to do anything that's outside of your will. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know you're telling me to do it. I don't know what this calling in my life looks like. I know it's a place. That's all I know. But as I sought God and as I followed him and as I was faithful to the step that he had called me to take, which was Bible college, he was preparing me for that next step. And that's what God does for all of us. In Genesis 50, Joseph says, what you intended for evil, God has planned for good. Everything in our lives has been allowed and passed through the nail-scarred hands of Jesus Christ to prepare us for what it is that he has for us in the future. Your time in school, your time in college, your time, everything has been, has been allowed by God to prepare you for what it is he has for you. And God's plan for your life applies to everything. The, the person, the significant other you're going to choose one day, the job you work, the, the house you buy, the, whether you go to college or whether you go to work, whatever it is, nothing is, if we want to walk in God's plan for our life, nothing is up to us. God has everything set and he just asks us, seek me first, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I will align your heart with my will and I will direct you. You may not know what it looks like, but just trust that I'm faithful and that I've made this plan for you and walk in it. Verse five, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and listen to this, the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So God just told Abraham, you're going to sacrifice your son. But Genesis 12, God told Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Genesis 19, this promised child, his name is Isaac. So Abraham has a choice. Do I hold tightly to this thing that you have given me? Well, Isaac, not a thing. Um, This child that you've given me? Or do I trust? Do I trust your word? Can I fully rely on you? 
Abraham went confidently because he knew what God had told him. He said, this is the promised child. This is the one that I've given you. If Abraham didn't have that full confidence in the things, in the words of God, he would have gone and be like, oh man, you know, I'm going to hold on to Isaac as tight as I can because I don't want to let it go. Um, and I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to go there. But he had full confidence in the word of God. In order to walk in the way of God, this is where knowing, this is, I really want to press this point. Do we know who God is? Do we truly know his word? His word is that lamp unto our feet, that path that we walk in. Do we know who Jesus is? Because if we don't, there's no way. It was the word of God was the foundation upon which Abraham's faith was set. And it's the word of God that is going to be the foundation upon which we take steps of faith. If we are not people of God's word, we will never be able to progress in God's plan for our life and become the people it is that he's called us to be. Verse 6, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. If I was Abraham, I would have put everything on him, and I would have just, like, forgot the knife, and I'd been like, oh, man, I forgot it. But he was fully obedient. Corey ten Boom once said something. She said, never hold on to anything too tightly that if God asks you to let it go, you can't let it go. That's deep. Everything we have has been given to us by God. Nothing that we have is in and of ourselves. Everything we have is from God. And when it comes to taking steps of faith, there's going to be times where God is like, let go. I'm going to lead you. And this is the essence of that here I am life. Fully abandoned, fully submitted to the will of God. I was reading about what a bond servant is. There's a difference between a normal servant and a bond servant. The bond servant had no authority at all in anything he could do. And Paul refers to himself as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. A willing bond servant. He willingly offered himself as a bondservant of Jesus Christ. But what he was saying is, I am fully dedicated, fully abandoned. I am not here for my glory. I am not here for my pleasure. I am not here for my wishes. I am not here for my desires. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to listen to him. That's hard, but we need to learn to obey Jesus because he's telling us simply to obey him. We need to learn to follow Jesus simply because he's telling us to follow him. Um, that professor that I was telling you about, Danny Bond, he, he looked at me and he said, Ethan, do you hear that? And I was like, what? And he's like, that noise. And I was like, what noise? And he's like, you don't hear it? I was like, no, what are you talking about? And he said, you don't hear the noise of marching feet? And I was like, what does that mean? And he said, that is the sound of people marching all around the world doing what it is that God has called them to do. And we do it because Jesus told us to. That's what Abraham was doing. Do I want to leave you guys? No. I love you too much. I do not want to leave. 
don't don't let me get off the stage and you think like, oh man, he is so stoked to get out of here finally. I don't want to leave. I really don't. If it was up to me, I would stay. But I don't want to die regretting that I did not do what it was that Jesus told me to do. And I want you guys to have that mentality as well. I don't want you guys to live your life regretting, man, I didn't do what Jesus told me to do. Man, I didn't live the way Jesus told me to live. Imagine lying on your deathbed regretting that you just lived a lukewarm Christian life. What an awful thing. Live your life to know God. Genuinely seek Him. Because let me tell you, the more that you learn about God, there's no words to describe it. I always, as throughout life, I would always get like um, really into something. I'd get like, as a kid, I was really into the Pirates of the Caribbean or like Transformers. And I always told myself, I was like, man, wouldn't that be crazy if one of those things I really got into was God? And when I started reading his word, I did. And it's never gone away. And I want you guys to know that. that. Like, if I were to tell you something before I leave, I feel like these are my last words on my deathbed. So I'm just telling you guys the most important things. I want you guys to know God. I want you guys to know his plan for your life. I want you guys to learn what it is that God's voice sounds like in your life. Do you know what that sounds like? I didn't, but I learned. You know, the sheep know, know the voice of the shepherd. In order to learn the voice of the shepherd, you take steps of faith. God, I don't know if this is you, but I'm going to take a step of faith. Oh, yeah, that was you, God. That's what your voice sounds like. I want you guys to understand that God is more than just you coming to church on Wednesday and Sunday, you know, singing four songs and then leaving and going back home. I want God, I want you guys to like truly know God. Do you guys actually know who God is? Do you truly believe that he has a plan for your life? Do you truly understand who it is that you're in in Christ? Because let me tell you, when you understand those, when you understand how much God loves you, it will literally bring you to tears. And so many of you guys are missing out on that because you don't know God. There's so much that he has in store. God led the people out of Egypt, which is a representation of the world, into the promised land, which is a representation of victorious Christian living. But so many of us are just stuck in the wilderness because we, we just don't go in. There are so many great things in the promised land, but we don't go in. God has fullness for you. He wants you to walk in it. And this is what Abraham was doing. Verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb and the burnt offering? Isaac didn't understand what was going on, and neither do I. I don't understand why God is telling me to go to this place. I just know that he's telling me to go. I don't know what's going to happen, but he's telling me to go. But I know God. I know that he's faithful. I know that he's created this plan for my life, so I'm going to trust him. Isaac didn't know, but God never told us to know. He never told us to understand. He just said, listen to me, follow me. 
And that's what Abraham did. He responded, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham was fully obedient to the point where he raised the knife up to slay his son. He was obedient to the end. Follow God to the end, guys. Follow God to the fullest. What are we willing to give up for God? That music, those movies, those video games? I've been there where it's like, man, this music is banging. I don't want to give it up. And you're like, you're like I'm missing out on so much because I'm hearing some dude rap about gangster things. And it's like, it's like I'm, I'm playing a video game about like casting spells and demons. It's like I'm missing out on so much because I'm not following God to the fullest. He, he raised the hand up. We are not carrying our crosses. And not until we carry our cross and fully crucify our flesh and fully say, here I am, God, I am yours, I want to live for you, will we, until that point, we will not experience the fullness of all God has for us. There's no way I can convey it to you guys. And that's, these are, this is, this is my last time teaching to you guys as a leader. This is it. I've taught to you guys a good handful of times, but this is the last one. Learn who God is. Know him because he loves you so much that he was willing to give you his son. Imagine Jesus hanging on a cross, on the cross, saying, this I have done for you, what have you done for me? Have you, do you know Jesus? Do you know who he is? Do you, are you walking in his plan for your life? Are you being obedient to the point where you're raising up that knife and you're saying, God, everything in me that is not of you, everything that is holding me back, everything that is hindering me from running this race, I cast off and I give it to you because I want to know you fully. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Because Abraham listened, Abraham was blessed in the end. And he was fully submitted when it was hard and fully submitted now that the angel of the Lord says, you don't have to do it. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. We've been holding ourselves back from God for too long. Live fully abandoned unto God. God, what is it that you have for me? I want to know your plan for my life. I want to genuinely understand just how much it is that you love me. If there was one point in my life where God showed me a glimpse of just how much he loves me, if I were to stand up here for a thousand days and talk to you 24-7, I would not be able to touch the iceberg of how much God loves you. I, there's, these are things that I cannot tell you. These are things that you have to experience on your own. But you can't until you know God. You can't walk in what God has for you until you seek Him. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a ram caught in the thicket by its, thorn, its horns. So Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham, or that's later on, and I probably won't finish because I don't have time, but God provided 
all the way along. Abraham was faithful and obedient when it was hard. He was faithful and obedient when it was easy. And that's what it takes to walk in what God has for us. And God provides. God is there. When the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was on the mountain praying, they're like, oh man, where are you, Jesus? And he's like, I'm, I'm up here. I'm praying for you guys. I'm watching. When the disciples were in another boat and they were like, oh man, we're drowning. And we're like, where are you, Jesus? I'm in the boat. If you're saved, Jesus is in the boat. There's nothing to fear. As long as you are walking in what God has for you, he'll direct you. Verse 17, blessings I will bless you with because you have obeyed my voice and withheld nothing. If you guys fully seek God, say, God, show me who you are. What is it that you have for my life? All you'll get are blessings. <laughs> Why not do it? It's like there's nothing to lose. He, you're going to be blown away. And that's the great thing about God. Not only that, but other people were blessed. As you are blessed, God will bless other people. And as God works through you, he'll work through the other people in your life. Your parents, your siblings, your friends at school, those people in your life that don't know God. And you're just like, man, God, please, I want them to know you. When you walk with God, when you seek him, and he conforms you to his image, and he sanctifies your heart, and he makes you more and more and more like him, then other people will be impacted as well. It's 828. So my last words to you guys are, I just want you to know God. I just want you to know how much it is that he loves you. And I want you to know how much I love you.